The Nerd and Tie Podcast is unsurprisingly a part of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. For more podcasts from actual play to true crime to witchcraft, go to nerdandtie.com or join our Discord at nerdandtie.com slash discord. Did you know you could sponsor Nerd and Tie? That's right. For just like an amount of money, we'll say something here. Look, you guys don't listen to this part. You can sp- There's sponsorship information on the website. Click on the thing. There's more things. Also, you can contribute to our legal fund by going to gofundme.com slash nerd and tie. Just, just do it. You, I mean, you don't have to. I don't want to make you feel bad yes. about it. I'm just going to. Oh, my God. Take it away, Celeste. On this month's edition of Nerd and Tie, Star Trek Strange New Worlds fin- uh, finished the first year of its journey. Uh, we talk about the, yeah, we talk about Ms. Marvel and nonsense that that came with that. We look at uh, we we look at Stranger Things four now that that's finished. Netflix is doing Death Note again. Uh, Trigun is returning. And we celebrate nine years of Nerd and Tie. All this in a magnificent mailbag. Yay. That was really bad. We're really good at starting out podcasts, guys. We've been (laughs) doing this for nine nine years. Nine years. We're professional. I mean, like, I could have done the the Robert Evans and just made, like, random noises. Um, (laughs) You know, that's a... Ah! No, 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 I'm not. I'm... Um, that is not the anarchist uh, podcaster you're listening to. Hello, welcome again to Nerd and Tie. Um, I uh, am incredibly terrible at words for someone who specializes at, in panels and YouTubing. I'm Celeste, uh, and joining me, uh, making fun of me, as always, is my good friend, Trey Dorn. I'm sorry. I haven't had the the emotional energy to make fun of you because I'm already <laughs> being me myself. I don't know if you heard what I did just a few moments before that. I am lucky I made it through the network tag. <laughs> and uh and uh less dangerous but silently judging us both. Is Genprock. <laughs> So, more like, more like, I have to like keep pushing the mic away because I keep laughing too much. Because <laughs> I do that, like, so, so, so for 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 behind the scenes glimpse, glimpse. So most of our shows, the network tag is pre-recorded. Like, you know, you listen to Stormwood and Associates, that network tag is pre-recorded. You listen to BS3 Witchcraft, that network tag is pre-recorded. This one, I just say it at the beginning of the recording. It's live it's every live. time. We treat this show, because for a period of time, we did this show live over a live stream, and we, we haven't done that for a long time, but so, but that's our production still is set up to take it like it's a live thing with no post-production. Like, this episode will go out on the internet like within 10 minutes of us finishing recording it. Um, mm-hmm. so, so and uncut. But that also meant that just like I... I got to the sponsor message this episode, and I was, we have done second takes in the past, but I just feel like a second take is just (laughs) not allowed this time. We have to live with our mistakes. We have to just, we will, we will deal with it and and live our lives. Persevere. I live with my mistakes the same way I do every day, by getting up and living with them, which is also, you know, how I deal with, like, 
a lot and of And also how things. you deal with your metaphors today. Slow yeah, your roll. I am very bad at this. Speaking I'm... about dealing with mistakes, a character who's great at dealing with mistakes is Kamala Oh, yeah. Khan. Yeah. So let's talk about something cool. Let's talk about something fun. Um, so let's, so uh, Ms. Marvel just finished up its run on Disney Plus. Six episodes, um, yep. Six episode run, yeah, uh, and uh, both uh, I know both Trey and I watched it, so um, I we have opinions. Uh, um, it's yeah, uh, it's out. Um, it was I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy all of it as much as I wanted to, but I've got opinions. How did you feel, Trey? So I overall really loved it. Um, I think that it is. Uh, kind of the ideal way to adapt Kamala Khan to the MCU. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's there are like, I'm a big fan of, of this character. It's you can go back and listen to because the, this character premiered in what? 2014. So she premiered not around the same yeah. time this podcast. Yeah, started, a little, so, little bit yeah. after. So I was reading it like as it was coming out and you can like go back and listen to my thoughts on the character. I think, we, I think uh, it made a best of uh, I can or something like that. reach my trade paperbacks of well, the Ms. Marvel run from where I'm sitting I've, right now. Well, so I them, feel, yeah, I've got them on my, <laughs> I, I bought them all digitally. So they're all on my iPad um, through the now worst version of comicsology. Uh, so uh, it's the, I, I'm I'm a big fan of this character, and the part of the like a lot of the the stuff that was adapting is is you know the 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 origins of the character I'm quite familiar with, and so the modifications were obviously necessary. Um, overall, I really like this series. Uh, I no, I love the changes I to think, the origin. Yeah, I really was good with that. I'm also really good with changing the um, the powers a little bit because. Um, as several Fantastic Four movies have demonstrated, we still haven't figured out how to make stretchy powers well, look you, good yet. Have you made it to the end of the season yet? Yeah, and they okay. found a way to make it work. Yeah, they did. So it's but it but like to actually stretch out a human body right. without the light effect, it still just doesn't look good. Well, and, and, and I think they made yeah. the right decision. And there is an attempt to tie it into like the cosmic stuff for the like regular Captain Marvel thing because the, there's mm-hmm. the. The entire thing and one of the big challenges of this series is working in how Kamala was taking going to take the name Ms. Marvel. And I think they did it really well. That um, was genius. Because, I love that. you know, it's in the comics. You have this thing where she's just taking a code name that, you know, Carol Danvers used to use. But she's no one's ever used that code name in the MCU. So it's like it, it coming from her her dad. I don't think that's a major spoiler. Um, like a, a comment from her dad is, I think, a, a great like thing to put there and like i don't want to spell too much but like so my my like it's not it's not a perfect season but i think that uh the representation of kamala was perfect um i loved her i loved how they played bruno and nakia as well i thought they really nailed those characters absolutely loved it and i was like it 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 was it it was great because i was so familiar with the those characters from the original run so like it's the uh, the, the only complaint I have is that I wish they had, like, maybe there is a plot point that feels like it happens within five minutes that really should have taken, like, a whole episode. Okay, I'm not sure the, which one. Involving the villain. Oh, yeah, 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 that was weird. A a change of of path for the villain at a certain point, and I feel yeah. like, I feel like the, and I think that's just really a difficulty with weird. the fact that they only had six episodes. Like, it I just feel like they just needed a little bit more time to build in the um, 
to build the character for that decision to feel like less like oh okay i guess that's just fixed now you know what i mean like there's uh my reservations with the series i think it gets a little i think it kind of gets a little confused by itself in the middle especially and there's this orientalist trope that i just i i'm it didn't bother me before but i've heard more um I've I've heard more uh, people from the uh, f- from like the East Asian world bring this up, and I'm more and more uncomfortable with it. Of there is a character they're from they're from the Middle East or from Asia, and they have some sort of problem or they might not even be from the Middle East. Maybe their, their parents are from the Middle East or Asia. And in order for them to fix that problem, they have to go back to that country. And Shang-Chi did it too, where it's like, oh, he has to go back to China to figure out who he is. And in this, it was, oh, she has to go back to Pakistan. And on one hand, I loved I loved the flashback episode, how they dealt with the partitioning that hit like a hammer and made me cry. But on the other hand, it's just such a tired trope and I am uncomfortable with it. So, so in this case, I think it's really interesting. So I was reading um, an article that NPR did where they talked to uh, uh, Pakistan, the the Pakistani audience about Mm -hmm. uh, this thing. And actually part of the thing was that they were, uh, there's a lot of positive reactions to the representation and discussions about partition because there's actual, like a strong avoidance of acts because it's such a painful thing that uh, Pakistani media has like avoided telling stories about it. Um, and I, and, I'm a little embarrassed to admit most of where I first really understood what happened with the partition was through a freaking Doctor Who episode. Yeah, it's, a good Doctor yeah. Who episode, but still. It's so it's a lot of um, like uh, the, 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 the Pakistani community has been really receptive. I think the only criticism that I have seen um regarding uh, Miss Marvel for that is just that the the actor and actress playing Kamal's parents are played by uh, uh, people who are Indian and not Pakistani um, and that, I know that and, and that's, that's a fair and, criticism but like it's the but the same people they like the same people like who made that criticism were like so but we can forgive it because the show's not about them and the actress playing Kamala is so. <laughs> Like, is, is I, a Pakistani-Canadian, and she's playing a Pakistani-American, and it's pretty much the same experience. And I don't want to, like, speak yeah. for a for a, an ethnic group that I'm not part of. Yeah. I just—it's it, something that I be—while trying to be a better, more attentive, uh, more responsible white person— I mean, I guess, like, in this term, case— I, And the, listening to— listening to my friends who have dealt with these issues it's, yeah. it's a trope that i'm un- i've become more and more uncomfortable with i, I think and that, yeah. i kind of wish they would have found a better way of dealing with well, it. well I, I, I don't like i guess i don't really see it as as much an issue in this particular case because remember not all tropes are bad and this and like it's a trope can be bad a trope can be racist or overdone but in this particular case it's they built in that she inherited like the 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 way they're they're setting up this character in that her her powers are in part inherited like her connection to like the gaunt like the the bangle 
I guess what we call it, um, came through her family and she is, you know, like she, you know, it's her parents immigrated. So if you go back even one generation, you're going back to Pakistan. So like she has to go back only because she's going there to talk to, you know, her grandmother. I, I get that. I, I'm not saying that it's inherently like bad. It's, I'm saying right. it can be uncomfortable. Right. I understand. And it, there's, I, I think there might have been another way to do it. I guess I don't know what that would be, but I'm also not. I, I, I I'm not yeah. Pakistani, so I don't I, feel I look comfortable at the, saying. If you look it, up at the the makeup of the writers, that's also my thing. Is that the the people who uh, there's there's a lot of um, Southeast Asian like South Asian um, writers on the show. So, like, it, I mean, yeah, that's that's true. But I mean, like, it, I, uh. like, I I feel like as we're a bunch of white people, and the show was not written by white people. That I mean, yes, it was the Disney's very you know white. It's I I feel like I I I don't feel comfortable having us level that criticism at it because it feels a little white savior. Well, I don't. Then that's the thing. I don't want to be white savior about it. But right. I also no. So just it's... don't feel comf- I don't know that it's. I don't feel comfortable not acknowledging it at all either, though, because that feels. That to me feels. That's that's something that I can afford to do because it doesn't directly affect me, but it's worth considering. Right. I, I think that the consensus we're going to come to is that uh, we are going to not speak for the Pakistani community and we will let them decide whether or not it was a good or a bad thing. And uh, I think that it, it, it was good that you brought it up. And uh, that is. Th- yeah, I think that's where we're going to go with that part. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I just okay. like I said, I just I want to I think it's worth considering. It's I'm not going to say it's good or bad. I just want to. Yeah, no, no. Thank you for bringing it up. Yeah. Much appreciated. But yeah, yeah I'm, I mean, we are watching where we step. Yeah, we got to. It, it, I still really did enjoy. I, I think it nailed the landing, though. The oh, last God, yeah. episode oh, last was a lot amazing. of fun. Amazing. Love the costume. There's ideas from the first episode that pay off beautifully in the sixth episode. Um, and just, it is it is technically a spoiler, but an unimportant one to the plot of the series. Like you, it is not a. Um, but I am going to spoil this one little thing. Um, uh, Kamala Khan is our first confirmed mutant in the MCU. Yeah, complete with the uh, Marvel is really getting its use out of that '90s X Men theme. <laughs> I like started laughing when the, like because there's this little like when the. They make a reference to it. You get the da 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 in the background. <laughs> and I just started laughing, and Krista was like, what? I was like, they played the extra thing. So I had to, like, rewind it and, like, played it for her. <laughs> they, it's the second time yeah. a Marvel thing this year has used that little music cue. It's yeah. a great song, to it, be fair. It is, it, is, it is very funny because uh, Kamala Khan's creation in the comics, because you can't, you didn't want to make her an Inhuman, and that makes total sense because of uh, Inhumans in the MCU have kind of, uh, it's a whole thing. And it hasn't I can been understand, great. <laughs> I can understand why they don't want to like, because, like, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D kind of doesn't take place in the mainline MCU because of what happened with like the Infinity War stuff uh, timing because 
they don't acknowledge the blip. You know, they don't acknowledge the snap. Uh, and while the story that they're telling in one of those later scenes is supposed to take place while half the population's gone, um, because no one told anyone at the television production what the uh, end of like how Endgame was going to turn out, and they had to make another season of television. So, because uh, the Netflix shows are MCU canon is the like the consensus, but Agents of Shield is can't be to the main MCU after a certain point. Um, but you know Loki allows that to kind of happen anyway. So, but um, but they did like all their Inhuman stuff, and then there's the you know the 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 Inhumans TV show which I watched. It had a great cast. We'll get back That's to that. That's the end of the positives. That's the end of the positives. It had a great and cast. We'll be revisiting one of the those cast members shortly. Yes, but, very true. Like, uh, <laughs> who was also in the scene the last time we heard the X Men theme in an MCU thing? Yeah, um, yeah. See, it's but it all uh, goes back to Hanson Mount. It but always it's, goes back. So to him. because at the time that Miss Marvel was introduced in like 2014. Um, Fox had all the X-Men rights, right? And obviously Disney hadn't bought Fox yet. So uh, the Marvel Comics was decided that uh, they were going to pretty much try to downplay the mutants. And uh, there was this big drive behind the Inhumans. That's why we ended up with Inhuman stuff in the MCU that they did not stick the landing with. Um, because the whole idea was that they wanted to promote that comics to sell comics that they could have movies involved with that they would own the movies. And so there was this big um, Inhumans event that happened in the comics with all these Inhumans being woken up with like this mass release of Terrigen mists across the the earth and so that's how Kamala Khan got her powers in the comics because it was part of this like big Marvel comics wide event and obviously like like they didn't have to there's no like there is inhuman stuff in the early issues where like she meets other inhumans and things like that but as like her actual like direct origin part of her story they don't explain what an inhuman is you know like it's just like oh soon you got powers like I'm also going to be real with y'all there were like two good things that came out of that Marvel wide uh, push on the Inhumans, and Kamala Khan was one of them. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's also for, but so um, the the other was it, that that Jack Kirby uh, that love letter to Jack Kirby Black Bolt book. Yeah. Like other than that, we di- you you didn't miss anything if you're not don't know what we're talking about. But yeah. So uh, to uh, to to but to, so if they were gonna make her an inhuman, they'd have to explain to everyone what an inhuman is, and then you also then like oh oh god, maybe we have to like how would we link that into the existing inhuman stuff that we you know whether it is in the main universe or as a side universe or whatever we can't you know, and it brings all these questions. Meanwhile, just like don't make her an inhuman, like mm-hmm. the easiest fucking thing to do and nothing of value is lost yeah well because it's not really an important like even though like there is interactions with inhumans and like you know she walks the big dog in in on one comic cover and things like that it's uh it's not important it's i mean miss marvel is the only reason i ended up learning anything about the inhumans before the inhumans tv show premiered (laughs) yup same uh yeah honestly same yeah it's I stand by what I said. You're not missing anything if you yeah. if you weren't there for what we're talking about. It's it's, yeah, it's really not very good. I mean, you should read those early issues of Ms. of Ms. Marvel cuz they're great. Um, yeah, no, Ms. Ms. Marvel excellent. That other inhuman if, stuff if you, yeah. not worth your time. <laughs> so I will say if you liked the Ms. Marvel TV series, you will love those comics and if you loved those comics, you will like the Ms. Marvel TV series. 
Yeah, okay. it's it's very much if you like one, you're gonna like the other. Yeah, They're it's both it's pretty fantastic, fun. and it's really fun, and it's like. They, they, you know, they, they made some modifications to the character where in 2014 the character was writing fanfic on, was writing uh, Avengers fanfics on forums. In this, she's making uh, fan art and YouTube videos about the Avengers. Uh, so it's, it's a nice little, like, you know, similar vein, but works, like, works better on a visual medium for you know something where you can like have you know stuff on screen and the character talking versus you know because you know in a in a comic you can do words on a page or words on a page you know so it, it leaned in more towards the the strengths of doing it as a television show so minor changes like that i think are great and um we don't get like a full costume until the final episode but it is it's such a good costume. And like they're like they're, they're the subtle ways throughout the season that you build up to why she ends up with like because you got to explain the lightning bolt. Uh huh. Like because on the comic in in the comic, you know, again the Ms. Marvel identity was a pre-existing thing, but the Carol Danvers has never worn the lightning bolt in this reality. I so. I know I said it before. The only thing that I thought was very silly in the first episode was um. Uh, Kamala's mom is very worried about the skimpy costumes that girls will wear at Avenger Con. And I had this moment where I'm like, has any superhero in these movies had a skimpy costume other than the Hulk? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's skin tight. <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah, I guess. And uh, look, Black Widow has, has often had things that were zipped down pretty far. That's and okay, are that's... very skin tight. Uh, yeah, I guess. Very much in the movie? Uh, well, whatever. Yeah, I was. it was like, hmm. I just thought that was so... Like, that still wouldn't be skimpy, though. That's why I thought it was so odd. I it's do like, love uh, the fact that the reason why everybody knows what happened in those Avengers movies, and, like, it's been an ongoing thing of, why does what do common people know about these really obscure things no one's around for? Is because Scott Lang went on a podcast. <laughs> God, that was so good. It is canon. Scott Lang went on, like, has a podcast and just told everyone what happened. That's so in character. Too. Which yeah, is why would. Groot is known as like tree to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. I, I absolutely adored that. Yeah. Well, is, I, it is a super fun show. It's I I, I haven't watched it, um, but I am a fan of um the Disney theme parks and I like to keep myself updated on what's going on there. Um and here's a fun little fact. Um, I did know, I, I realized, um, <laughs> okay, so um, on the Avengers campus um, in, in the theme parks, um, they have like quite a few walk around characters of all the various superheroes. And one of the new ones, only out for a limited time during the show run, was Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan. Um, and the interesting thing they did was they put her in her suit. Like the full costume. The full costume. So, and and you don't see that costume until the very last episode of the series. Yeah. So this this costume character was walking around the parks in a costume nobody had seen yet. I mean, to be fair, it's pretty close to the comics costume. It is fairly close to the comics costume. I mean, there's the 
it's got the texturing. Yeah, it's got the that de- they like to do nowadays. The MCU detailing. Yep, yep, but it's just so funny that that they had this costume character, like in the costume that had not like aired yet. Yeah. Like they could have had her like in plain clothes and still be the character. I have but... enjoyed the hell out of. I also <laughs> like it. I so I've, I'm not. I, I didn't grow up with like a lot of money, so I've never really been to theme parks. But YouTube theme parker like you theme park YouTubers are one of my favorite things. Oh, again, yeah. we we've you would again you and I have like like talked about this before. I've, oh yeah, and, and, and I need to share some new some new people with you. Um, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah. I, I'll I, say I this: like the Funkland Park Ride history, um, Yesterworld. Yep. Um, uh, Poseidon. Entertainment, something like that. That's I, I just started watching some of this person stuff, and I can't remember if I'm getting the name right. Well, um, one that's really fun. That's the guy where I got this information from. Is um, he goes by Disney Dan? Oh, I've watched some of Disney Dan stuff. I and don't, I don't regularly watch Disney Dan, but I've oh, I'm a regular now. I've, I'm hooked because he regular he um, focuses on all of the um, costume characters in the parks. Oh, and cool. one of his favorite series that he does is history and it's the history of each like mascot character and he'll go That's through so all cool. the iterations of that like co- mascot costume over the entire yeah. years that it was done in the parks and yeah, some I, of them are absolutely horrifying because i like the same thing is i absolutely love theme parks but i've never been to a disney park in my life and so it's like i i'm i'm i I love like themed things and themed areas. And so it's like, be it like uh, recreations of things at museums or be it theme parks. Like I don't, mm-hmm. you know, it's. Um, Whereas I think I'm the only one who is. Yeah. I'm, I'm the only one of the three of us who has been to a Disney yeah. park. I went to um, Walt Disney world. I think it was in. 97 my parents think it was in 98 i have to confirm this because it was <laughs> during the 25th anniversary okay and i know this specifically because we have the photos and the castle cinderella's castle was dressed up like a giant pink cake awesome cool um and and what's really interesting and i know we're diverging off topics here but real quick um there are people around there are youtubers out there who do um, walk around videos of the parks. Yeah. And so I sat down with my dad and, and we watched one of these walk around videos of Walt Disney world today because in the 20 odd years it's been since we've been there, tons of stuff has changed. And so it was really cool to sit down and reminisce with him. Like, Oh my gosh, do you remember doing that? Oh my gosh. I remember, you know, we went to Epcot, and they they had the Taiko drummers at the Japan Pair like Pavilion. It was awesome. Oh my gosh, I remember that. So it's just I, really cool. I guess I just the, the interesting thing that I wanted to that I just wanted to shout out that I think is kind of neat is just how many of those like Disney Plus characters have yeah. uh have been walking around the park. Oh yeah, and like how surreal it was even seeing like the creator of the Mr. Knight persona of Moon Knight when he found out that, you know, 
a, yeah. a relatively minor Moon Knight alter ego has been a walk around character at Disney. Yep. Like, <laughs> With a huge head. Like, so... And no pockets. Don't give him <laughs> anything. He cannot put anything in his pockets. They're all sewn shut. The poor guy. But yeah, it's they really are, um, you know, as soon as a show or a movie is out, they are making a character, putting it in the park for who like some amount of time at least so that it's a meet and greet opportunity and they're just you know chucking them out especially these superhero ones because they're they're way easier to put together yeah because it's just a a person in special clothes makes sense so yeah all right yeah we should move on though move on (laughs) because we're a half hour into the podcast and we just talked about one topic oh no well, they, there's other good things. Speaking of the Inhumans, uh, we love Anson Mount, even if he didn't really get to do much as Black Bolt. Uh, we love him even more as Captain Christopher Pike on oh Star Trek God, Strange yes. New Worlds, which just finished its first season on Paramount+. Plus. Um, oh, my God. This is arguably... Yeah, this is... So, you know, years ago, uh, straight bangers years ago, I think I described um, uh, like we were talking about how the first season of of a Star Trek series, like you never get like how the one thing about, you know, the, the, the nice thing about these new Paramount Plus series, I think it was, I think it was CBS All Access at the time, is had the, these have been like the fir- the best first seasons of a Star Trek show. And I think that we have now reached yet again the best first season of a Star Trek show. Bar um, set way higher. The bar set I haven't is super finished high. it, it's, but every episode um, I've watched has been a freaking banger. I have I've watched the entire season. Um it is it's it's perfect Star Trek. Um it is uh I'm a little curious about the how they're gonna eventually have to get Nurse Chapel off that ship because she needs to get engaged to that guy who's gonna make creepy robots later. Um but uh you know, uh, she's got like two years before she's gotta get engaged. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, the, the cast on this show is phenomenal. Um, the, the writing is, is good. Like it's like, I'm not saying that every line in every episode is perfect, but overall it is a solid season of Star Trek. It brings us back to episodic Star Trek, which we haven't had for a long time. It's, um, but it feels like episodic the way that Deep Space Nine was episodic, where there are ongoing story beats, but the conflict is contained within the episode. Obviously, there are parts of Deep Space Nine that are fully serialized, but like you know what I mean? Like It's that sort of thing where... Because I really enjoy Discovery, and I enjoy um, Picard, but those are very... Um, I probably enjoy Discovery more than Picard, but uh, I, like, I, like bo- I like both those shows a lot, but they're very serialized in their storytelling. They are not like episodic... So it means that when they have a lighter moment in those episodes of like discovery or something like that, it sometimes can be a little jarring because you're in the middle of this big situation that's still carrying over. Meanwhile, if you have that moment in an episode of Strange New Worlds, because the conflict for the episode might be over at that point, it feels like you you actually feel relief in the comedic scene and it feels more natural in that context. Um, I think there's a place in Star Trek for both serialized story and for episodic, and I'm glad that we're getting both. Um, and I will tell you also hard to agree. I will tell you the first time I saw that opening theme where we get the uh, the the latest version uh, <laughs> variation on the, you know, 
um, where we get where no one has gone before, like next gen, but we get still get five year mission, like original series. Um, and that theme song oh that is almost I, the original theme song, but not quite. Look, look, I really they gave me that. the thing that I've been wanting. Like, look, don't get me wrong. I like the Discovery opening. I like the Picard opening. But um, what I want out of a Star Trek theme song is I want dramatic shots of the big ship flying through space to an orchestral theme and watch it go by. Technically, Lower Decks gave me that, but that uh, is also on the- Prodigy. And Prodigy, but those are both animated <laughs> shows. No, this is, this is the first time we've gotten it back on a live-action show. You know what I mean? No, it's actually Prodigy, we don't quite get that. We get the ship flying through um, metaphoric stuff of, like, the characters on Prodigy. Yeah, I guess. I, I'm still counting it. I love its theme song, too. It gets yeah. stuck no, in my it's, head sometimes. It's, I like, I, I, but it's... Getting that on a live action show, it's and it's 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 literal stuff of the of the of the starship uh, of the the featured starship of the show flying through stuff, like that's what I want out of a Star Trek theme, and they give it to me, and I like I almost like teared up the first time I saw that opening. Um, this is also probably my favorite redesign of the seventeen oh one Enterprise ever yeah, like this might beat out the uh the motion picture wrath of khan design for me yeah, and i love that ship there are there are many things like obviously like the bridge is slightly larger than it used to be but they kept the layout um and also like so there's lots of things that like so my brain gives goes on continuity mode and i'm going like uh, i'm like okay bridge i can forgive anything on the bridge because canonically bridge modules are re- replaceable right so like upgrading changes to the bridge between now and the original series literally Everything on that bridge could have been swapped out at a star base like before Kirk took over or, you know, I empathize with you, but I just don't care about that sort of thing. (laughs) I like engineering. I love the engineering set, although it's like, hey, we've got a volume. Uh, We're going to do our big LED screen with the warp reactor. But the warp reactor is still the same shape as the warp reactor on the original series. It's just bigger. You know what I mean? Mm. So even Mm -hmm. though like it is, I. And actually, this is this is my only problem. My only issue with New Trek has been the need to make the ships more voluminous, like more larger on the inside than they did than they used to appear. That's my only real thing that I'm. I mean, like it's gorgeous, and I love the show, and it's it's definitely like this is not a this is a fundamentally thing about this show that's wrong. Grr, I'm gonna pound and complain about it on the internet, but it is a thing that like an imperfection from, you know what I mean? Like a, I, I wish that there wasn't this need to make the inside of this ship that much larger. It's, you see it also with like 2009 star Trek, 2009 star Trek is worse uh, when it comes to this stuff, but, and also the, um, the, the, the TARDIS turbo lift shafts on discovery, which still make no <laughs> physical sense. They make no physical sense. And so dumb. It's, that was incredibly dumb. I hate like, it. I, I hate, it, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I love Discovery, so dumb. but I hate that. It's, I mean, like. I was actually thinking about those because uh, I, um, uh, Eagle Moss had a sale. So yeah. I actually bought like a model of the Discovery and the Enterprise. And I was like, this may, no, <laughs> no. Where would those turbo lifts even? No, that's stupid. Yeah. So Looking it's. At- yeah, physical it, model of the ship makes it worse. I mean, like it's it's not that like so Star Trek Five is like you know 
kind of famously bad for like its unending turbo lift that is way yeah, but like um the yeah it, i can deal with these things i mean like i'm also like wow pike's quarters are huge kirk took like the smallest room on this ship apparently uh <laughs> like like little thoughts like that always jump out to me but overall it's i I, uh, but I will tell you, like, when they, every time they do something screen accurate to the original series, which they do occasionally, like the Jeffries tube set, mm-hmm. the Jeffries tube set is perfect original series Jeffries tube set. I'll also, I'll point out that, like, the set for, like, the inside of the shuttlecraft is pretty, is, like, the layout is very similar to the oh, yeah. one from the 60s. It's just that Spock doesn't have to hold up the cardboard set with his foot anymore. Well, and here's the which thing, is but, a big but, improvement. But also, like, again, like, I, you know what it is? That my brain doesn't get nitpicky when I see a shuttlecraft because I'm like, the Enterprise switches out its shuttlecrafts. Like, so, like, they can be literal. Like, this is, like, you know, six years before the original series. Like, they can just be different shuttlecraft classes. You know what I mean? Like, Next Gen went through, like, in its seven-year run, like, four different shuttlecraft classes. Voyager blew them up every other week. It's shuttlecrafts are... They got new. They got plenty. Don't worry about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Replicator. You see a shuttlecraft <laughs> that looks different than the one you're used to? It's because it's, it's a different one. It's fine. Um, overall, though, like, the, the storyline... And the, the important part of the show is the characters and the stories. And uh, they're phenomenal. Anson Mount's Captain Pike is... Oh, he's my space kiss. dad, and has my space dad. Pike's Peak. That hair uh, mm-hmm. is that is the tallest hair I've ever seen on the captain of a starship, and I am I am here for it. Uh, we all knew Rebecca Romaine and Ethan Peck were going to be great, but it doesn't change the fact that they're still awesome. Oh God, it's um, um, the whole cast is amazing. Um, you get uh, God, what is the actress playing Nurse Chapel's name? Um, oh, I love her. I love her so much. She's like top. She's like third from the top billing, and I can't remember her name. Jess Bush. I'm, Jess Bush. She's so good, it's, and she's adorable. Oh my god! It, yeah, just, she's really it's, cute. I really like her a lot. We've got two people who are gonna like who are both Majel Barrett. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's great. We got it's. We finally have them together. The so, actress playing Young Ohura is so freaking. Uh, they good. are, and they are non-binary um really yes. that makes me like them more like uh, yeah it's but so like all the all the people who are playing pre-existing characters are great anson mount rebecca romaine uh jess bush um ethan peck uh Sally uh, loves ortega uh, Rose- ortegas is so cool oh, Orte- but the new characters like ortegas like uh melissa navia's uh erica ortegas i love her it's uh christina uh uh, yeah, Christina Chong's uh, Lan uh, Nunian thing like it's just, just great. Like, On paper, Lan doesn't seem like she would be a character that would work, and oh, but then like in execution, she's excellent. And like, and, and I'm gonna butcher, ten out of ten. So I do want to say like one other like uh, Bruce Bruce Hark is great as Hammer. Um, it's I do want to like actually say one other returning character who uh, I, I didn't mention uh, was Dr. Mabenga played by now yeah. uh, Babs. I, I'm going to say this probably poorly. His, uh, his last name, uh, Olusan Mokun. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. I'm probably not. He's very but, charming. But And bringing back Dr. Mabenga was 
great. There's a deep pull, and I'm That's here a deep for pull. it. <laughs> and it, but it's it's a classic character, and uh, I've I've watched uh, the Dude Bros get mad that Robert April's black now. Um, but y'all didn't watch the animated series episode that's based off of anyways, so shut up. Like, his one other appearance, he was white. He was animated. You know what? I was like, about to say, uh, like... Kirk has lips are... in real life. He doesn't have it in the animation. You don't complain about that. It In terms of their... The animated series is... I know that it's canonicity is questionable, but my honest take on the animated series is, um... Not unlike my take on Dragon Ball filler, uh, if I think the story is good, I assume it happened. Just in the case of Star Trek, it's I assume it looked different because yeah. one was a, a cheaply made filmation cartoon. Yeah. And I assume those things happened. Kirk just looked like William Shatner when it really happened. So right. No, it's it like, is, <laughs> it is the, the animated series is canon. They established that a while ago um, officially. As but, they goddamn um, should, because there's but but there are anything visual good in it, it's not in that show. Yeah, it's mostly that one episode written by Harlan Ellison. Um, okay, hey, I think he wrote it. Yeah, DC was. Fontana wrote one of her best episodes in there. Uh, the first Star Trek episode ever to get an Emmy was written by a Native American writer. And well, I was talking it about was... like it's it, it's just because there was events from that one episode that were referenced in other pieces of canon, so it became canon. I and think there was so, a DC Fontana episode. What's the DC Fontana? What is the one? Yeah. With the, the, the Spock goes back in time one. Maybe, yeah, I think that's DC Fontana. No, it's DC Fontana. Not okay. I well, think she sorry, did that you one. know Harlan Ellison. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I want to. Spock goes back in time animated episode. I'm just googling that. Yesteryear. Yesteryear. Uh, yesteryear was written by DC Fontana. You're right. I am sorry. They also got Mark Leonard back for that episode to play Sarek. Um. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, for a long time. I'm sorry. I, I apologize to DC Fontana for thinking that um, yesteryear was written by Harlan Ellison. Uh, Ma'am, I am sorry. Please forgive me, Dorothy. Um, yeah, it's. I'm. Uh, th that was the one episode that was established to be canon no matter what because of a reference to it in later media. Um, and then later they came out and said, oh, no, it's all canon. And so, yeah, it's. Including in Star Trek 2009, weirdly enough. Huh? Anyway. Well, um, it has to be. <laughs> no, I'm just saying the, the that J.J. Abrams accidentally did a deep pull like that is kind of impressive. Well, it's the... I'm the, not giving him too much the credit. The J.J. Abrams movies were written... Um, they, they, they fully admit that they relied on Memory Alpha for a lot of canon information for writing in the backgrounds. Um, they they fully like if you listen to the commentary, it's like for for making sure they were consistent with the stuff that had to be canon. They one hundred percent just because you know there's the split off point with the Kelvin timeline is the destruction of the right. Kelvin. Um, they they uh, um, Robert R C and uh, Alex Kurtzman just pretty much said, oh yeah, no, we we just pulled up the the wiki and. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna like, hey, look, I I'm still... a Star Trek fan. I check the wiki because i haven't watched some of this stuff for 25 years or something you know it's uh i i haven't rewatched most animated series episodes since i was a child watching reruns of them on nickelodeon in the 80s they weren't on when i was a kid so i actually didn't get to watch them till i was an adult 
and they Fair were on is. Netflix, so I was like, what the hell? But yeah, no, Strange New Worlds is super good. It's super good. Uh, the finale is a really interesting kind of what if episode, um, which I'm, I'm. Yeah, someone spoiled that they kind of did a redux of my favorite TOS episode, and that has me very excited. Yeah, it's kind of a like a, a, a time travel what if thing, and it's really good. And I'm not going to spoil it beyond that because there's kind of a central thing throughout the season for pike's character that like um well i mean if you've seen discovery you know that pike knows his future pike knows what's going to happen to him and if you've seen the original series you know what happens to captain pike uh so um which i by the way that's one other thing i want to say before we move on that was such a brilliant move was to have the the character diegetically be aware of his frightening fate so that way it's not just something that we as the audience right, know the but audience having know, the character yeah. clued in on it as well that's some great sci-fi drama yeah, the right the first there. introduction of the character to massive audience cuz the cage was an unaired pilot was the menagerie which reshowed the cage but it reveals what happens to the ca- the first time audiences ever saw ever met Christopher Pike was him in the the beeping wheelchair mm-hmm. badly disfigured and unable to communicate other than through his you know assist aids and things like that um and so it's like He's, you know, it's, but, so we know that going into the show, that this is what happens to this character. So having the character also be aware that this is going to happen to him makes yeah. it, well, first off, it makes, it, it, it gets rid of the Caprica problem. The reason why I yeah. never watch Caprica is because, and the same reason why I never watched Krypton is that I'm like, every single one of these characters is dead. I know oh. from the beginning of the previous story, like, because I watched Battlestar Galactica and I know the character of Superman everybody's dead. I don't give okay, a crap but about what happens on Krypton. I'm sorry. It's going to blow you, up. Did you see the amazing, and I'm saying that tongue firmly pressed against cheek, the amazing way that Caprica tried to throw a curveball at the audience? I can't get over this. This is incredibly funny to me. No, what? What? what is it? Oh, my God. So um, there's this little boy. And uh, the Adamas are like, that's our son, Bill. And he's going to be a, he's going to, we're trying to raise him right. Like the first time they see him, you even, they even do like the music stinger of a good lighter. The, the, the song that is like the theme for the Adama family in Battlestar Galactica. Then like the twist, I don't remember if it was later in season one or in season two, the little kid, Bill Adama dies. (laughs) And it turns out that the Billadama, who uh, we see in in Battlestar Galactica, completely different kid who had the same name. <laughs> That's called the writers changed their lie. mind, or if they That's didn't so want to do. Funny to that me. is. That's like Jimmy Olsen on Smallville. <laughs> That's so funny to me. <laughs> well, you know what happened with Jimmy Olsen on Smallville, right? I heard they killed him, didn't they? They killed him, and then it turns out the real Jimmy Olsen from the comics is his little brother. Uh, <laughs> that's just uh, as funny. Oh that God. the Jimmy Olsen we got to know for all these years on Smallville is actually the older brother of the real Jimmy Olsen from the comics. Oh my God, that's so funny. 
So shout out to the writers of Caprica for that astounding decision. Yeah, no. So anyways, it's but that's why like but so that's always a problem. Like that's like I know there are people who really like Caprica and I know there are people who I, I get you know, actually I should say I know people who really like Caprica. I'm assuming there are people who really liked Krypton. I haven't met one yet. Uh, but Sean, we know Sean, Sean likes, Orange Sean, is one of those people. He liked Krypton. Know I know one. he liked. I thought he liked Caprica. I know that Miles likes Caprica, but I or at least watched it. Um, I didn't think that Sean liked Krypton. Sean uh, Orange is a Krypton defender. I've had this conversation great. with but, him. But but here's the once. thing: is it doesn't matter whether the show is good or not. I can never enjoy it because I know everybody's dead. Like that's the whole thing, and they're all gonna die. Everything they're doing is for naught. Versus, you don't have that problem on Strange New Worlds because first off, it's episodic. Like yes, I know long term what's gonna happen in the Federation. I don't know what's gonna happen this episode. Besides the fact that, well, I guess, like there is an episode. I'm not gonna spoil any for the thing from. But there's kind of like a, a very horror episode. They did a really interesting, like real true scary horror stuff with the Gorn Hell yeah. this season. And there is uh, a very like there's an episode that's very horror, uh, like very, very scary. Very then characters die. But I was just like, well, I'm I'm 100% certain that this character doesn't die, and this character doesn't die, and this character doesn't die, and this character doesn't die because I know exactly what they're doing in six years. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, so it's like I know that Nurse Chapel's gonna be fine, unless it turns out it that off. this is Nurse Chapel's sister. No, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> they could do that to us, uh, but like it's. Um, like it's like I know that you know I know how Christopher Pike dies you know it's I it's like well not necessarily yeah well I don't necessarily know how he dies but I know what happens to the rest of his life you know what I mean like so I'm not stressed about him but like I'm like I don't know that guy that guy's that guy just showed up this episode you're fucked guy <laughs> like Uhura Uhura's gonna be fine she'll I, be fan dancing in like a couple decades she's yeah. fine. Like in two decades, she's gonna be in the desert with some fans. But you, you buddy, good luck. Um, so, uh, <laughs> like the overall plots, I don't know what's gonna happen. But I, you know, like it's like the one thing though that would have been a curse for the for a primary character, and is is the issues when you do prequels where there's like a bad thing coming up for a character is addressed though then diegetically in the media. And so, I think it's uh, it makes it far far more relaxing to watch i think we should move on to our next topic as we're 50 yeah, minutes let's, in let's so stranger things stranger things season four happened things. we've now had both halves of the season uh How i guess it? our review is going to be really quick uh way better than season three i think the show has uh Oof. picked up the pace and gotten um they they found their the they slip footing a little bit but they're back and running at it I know some people have complained that some of the stuff was too long, but I thought it was necessary and important. And uh, uh, there are people who are trying to justify Will's not being gay because they didn't directly say it. But guys, it's really obvious that Will is supposed to be gay. Will's gay. Will's gay. He's he's no, he's not going to come out of the closet. It's the 1980s. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, uh, I I enjoyed the season. There is an amazing scene featuring uh, Kate Bush, which again put her at the charts, and there's an amazing scene featuring uh, uh, Metallica, Master of Puppets, which have pushed it back up to the top of the charts. Uh, thus, because the Duffer Brothers are obsessed with use using specific musical pieces in scenes, and they actually pull it off. Um, 
the only comparable moment I've seen in media recently was in Star Trek Beyond when they effectively used sabotage as a callback to the first movie, but that's not Stranger Things, so we're not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that uh, it's there. This is the second to last season. They've done a really good job setting up things for the final season. Um, they actually moved the story in a way where you actually could finish a story in season five which oh. was an incredible challenge that they actually like have tied together things that maybe didn't appear to be connected before that they they actually like threaded connections through all of them with this season. Mm. So uh Good. Yeah. A friend of mine was saying that I should try picking it up again because I got bored with season three and didn't finish it. You should so. finish season three only because the end of it is actually a lot better than the beginning of it. But season okay. four season season four is much better than season three as a whole. Um okay. also uh uh, if you fall in love with a new character, I'm sorry. Uh, Maybe don't. It never ends well for them. <laughs> Just look at the history of the show. Uh, yeah. Because uh, the Duffer brothers are afraid to kill off the, the mains. So uh, someone has to die. Uh, and uh, justice for Barb. It's <laughs> Still justice for Barb. Still justice yep. for Barb. Um, no. That is, uh, yeah, Stranger That So that's. I that is my speed run review is it's uh, well acted uh it's well it it's actually pretty well written um the episodes don't expect it to be like regular episode lengths it's um the second half of the season is almost is like if you split the second half of the season up into like regular length episodes it would be like 5 but it's 2 episodes so like and it 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 would it makes sense the way they did it because like that last episode is like two hours long at least, but it's just because <laughs> the story is rolling through there that how do you break that up? So it's like That's a fair. so the season episode count is low because but they've given you what would normally be on a network show thirteen episodes worth of television. Wow. I'll have to they catch just, up. They just well, it's sometimes like you get a show like Iron Fist on Netflix, and because they're playing with episode length, sometimes you get things where it's like, oh, they should have cut twenty minutes out of this or something, and made it like a forty-four minute episode. In this, you don't feel like that, um, but they the episode count is shorter to you know compensate for that. It's just not it's broken up where the story should break it up, not necessarily where like I'm adhering to this amount of time breaks it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know some people are criticized. Some people think that certain things are too long. I do, I disagree. I think that they are the length that they should be. You can go watch it and tell me uh, what you think. We've got a mailbag for that later in the episode. So yeah, we spent like twenty minutes on Ms. Marvel and like another twenty minutes. We spent like thirty minutes on Ms. Marvel, and like twenty minutes on Star Trek. I spent five minutes on Stranger Things. Season four, which is arguably the biggest thing uh, we were talking about versus uh, like people actually <laughs> watching. But that's it. That's what we but, got. We went from Strange New not... Worlds to Stranger Things, Strange to Stranger. I feel like we missed that transition and we could have used it, but we didn't. And shame on you, Celeste, for but letting us slide by. we're not done talking about the Duffer Brothers. We're not. We're not. What? And that's why I put this in this specific order. Hey, Celeste, did you hear that Netflix wants to make a live-action Death Note? Yeah, so it turns Again. out they Again. Netflix still has like the, the live-action rights to Death Note, and they want to try again. Um, and again. this time with the Duffer brothers in charge of it. 
Mm. Sure. Sure. You know? I mean, it can't go worse. Okay, I'm going to say something. Real unpopular opinion here. The Netflix Death Note movie had two things that worked really well for it. One was the obvious one, Willem Dafoe. But the thing that I don't think enough people do give it credit for, holy shit, somehow Adam Wingard convinced them to let him do practical effects, not just for Willem Dafoe's Ryuk costume, but for Final Destination-style kills, which were super gross and really impressive. And as a horror movie fan, that was really cool. It's too bad that the script, the acting, and everything else didn't hold up, but yeah— it's amazing that they invested so much money into practical effects for what was a really bad movie. Um, I'm curious what the Duffer brothers would do with the death note concept. I'm not writing it off entirely, but Oh boy, guys, like there are three actually good Japanese live action death note movies. Watch those. The, the first two star, the battle Royale kid. Seriously, they're good. I mean, here's the thing. I don't care about Death Note, and I have never cared yeah, about Death Note. Yeah, uh, same. I'm I, the same boat. I am aware of Death Note because I have run anime conventions for the last 20 years. So I I know what Death Note is. Um, You've been exposed to the worst parts of it? <laughs> Dare I say? Mm, I mean... Back in the day, we used to have this run, like ongoing joke, convention to convention, about the terrible L cosplayers. Yeah, it was. Is and it, like, it was a punchline. Is it an L cosplay, or is is this person, is this an L cosplay, or did this person just not shower? Right. Like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And like. Regular clothes, chuck on a wig hat, you're good. It's an L cosplay. And then you ask if they're playing go. Robert Smith. Oh. I maybe so it'll like, be good. I don't know. I I want to give the Duffer Brothers like the benefit of the doubt, but yeah. Look, it's I'm I give them the benefit of the doubt in the sense that like they are capable of making good television, and they are capable and a lot of you know. Oh God! I just generated some horror stuff on crayon. I'm not sharing these. Uh, I'm just I'm don't just don't like, don't try to like get uh, crayon to create to re- replicate Willem Dafoe. Uh, oh, <laughs> bad, 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 bad. Oh. The Dolly Mini thing. It's the crayon's the new name for the website for it. And uh, I just I typed in uh, Willem Dafoe and Mr. Spock. Because oh. I'm using crayon to generate the uh, the thumbnail. That's my new my new policy. Is I'm never photoshopping another thumbnail again for this show. I am just gonna use AI generated. I may just like type in a bunch of the show topics and see what happens when I combine them together. So um, if the show headers look a bit more horrifying than they used to, that's why. That's why. Very horror. This is my new policy. But yeah, it's. So, I mean, I guess, like, it's, I'll, I, it, it's either going to be good or it's going to be bad, and I know that's, yeah. like, the least, like, useful, I, oh, God. I just don't care about this IP anymore. Yeah. Yeah, way to I strike really don't when care. the iron ha- is become cold and rusty. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 
come on. There are so many other like animes that you could do that are newer, hotter, fresher, better. Like, come on. And and might transfer uh, to live action better, maybe. Right, exactly. But I mean, we'll see how this one does. I mean I don't know. I hope it's good for the reputation of the Duffer Brothers, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's like one of the first eh. things coming out of their Opset Ion production. So I typed in uh, Star Trek, Death Note, uh, Stranger <laughs> Things. Oh, gosh. Poster. And oh, that's no. what we're going with. We're, we're going Ooh. with this. I'm oh, terrified and excited all at the oh, same time. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Hey, but speaking of um anime IPs that are... Uh, that are a little dated um but getting a reboot but getting a reboot yeah um a lot of uh excitement when randomly uh just a couple weeks ago a twitter account opened up followed shortly by an announcement and then a trailer for trigun stampede the return of the classic anime trigun um yeah i'm I didn't see this coming. Um, I was more surprised because so when they made the announcement, the studio that they announced was doing it was the studio that did B Stars and Land of the Lustrous. So mm, that I knew, explains it. Yeah, I I knew going in it was going to be a primarily CG anime. Mm-hmm. But with how much it is in the vogue right now of oh, we have to make everything as manga accurate as possible. I was actually pleasantly shocked that they are not using the manga designs for the characters that they've shown so far. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they've got they've got brown hair vash. To, okay, to, to to be so in the the manga there is this weird thing where the more vash uses his angel arm, the more mm-hmm. his hair turns from blonde to black. Mhm. So I'm wondering if they're going to work that part in, since that was a part of the manga that never got touched by the first anime. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's because... There's so much. There's so much good lore in the manga. Oh, the Trigun manga is amazing. It's so it, amazing. There's so much, so many good concepts that just, like... it's very out of print right I, now, I, I really, <laughs> I really hope that, like... They bring, like, all the plant stuff, all the, like, yes. I'm also, I, I'll admit, I'm really excited um, because um, they did announce a few of the actors for it. Um, and the actor playing Knives Millions, uh, Vash's brother, is mm. um, actually um, played the Green Ranger in one of my favorite Sentai shows, Gokaiger. Mm. So that's some good casting. The one that I I know, again, this is going to be really shocking. Mm. But I, of course, lost my mind that Maya Sakamoto, my favorite Seiyu, um, got cast in this as Rem. Ah! And Rem is one of the things that Vash reminisces about was how she used to sing and of course oh. Maya Sakamoto is an absolute vir- virtuoso singer so oh, that's gonna be awesome oh yeah oh that's it's, gonna be awesome ah uh, it's very exciting the trailer we got I wasn't feeling the animation for the flashback of them on the spaceship 
No, I thought it looked kind of no, it, it right now it feels clunky. But the stuff of like grown up like red coat Vash looked really fluid and cool. Yeah. So and it's not coming out till early 2023, so I feel like they have time to you to, know to clean it up, it. polish it, whatever they they want to do, need to do. Um But yeah, and and what is it that I saw that like it was interesting how um they kind of changed Knives' name a little bit. Oh, to Knives Millions instead of Millions Knives? <laughs> or... Well, no. Or Nye. Right, Nye. sorry. Yeah. Um, because Rem, like, you see in the trailer, she's, she calls out to him and she does not call him Knives. So it implies that, like, later he, he names himself Knives. Which, honestly, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Yeah, that's right. Cause yeah, yeah, Maya Sakamoto clearly says Nai. She doesn't say mm-hmm. knives. Uh, it's oof. I'm, I'm also kind of curious because the tone of the trailer is really somber. It is. It's I, not. It's not. It's not nearly as happy-go-lucky as like the existing anime. And which, granted, is like Vash's both of these personalities. Like yeah. very much so. He he switches from extremely goofy to legitimately tragic on a dime. Yeah. I I'm really excited to see what they do I'm, with this because it's such I'm a good so excited. Vash the Stampede was like Baby Gen's like first anime husbando. Fair. Good choice. <laughs> Honestly, really like quality choice. <laughs> Because I Absolute picked up, like, sweetie. the first two volumes at, like, my local Borders. God. And I just, like, reread those all the time. There's a there's this scene in the manga that didn't make it into the first anime. Mm. And I really hope that it makes it into this adaptation. It's, um, when it's after Vash has lost his robot arm for the first time that we see it happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, Legato delivers this uh this suitcase to him and he's from miles away psychically communicating and he's like hey there's these guys the gung-ho guns they're each of them has half of these coins and they're gonna be looking coming for you and then vash shoots and from like miles away mrs legato's face and screams out into the distance by like centimeters yeah by like centimeters like and he he did it on purpose and screams out into the distance. You're not coming for me. I'm hunting you. Yep. I love that. Scene oh, so and, much. and like the whole, like him going up against the gung ho guns. It's like, Oh, there's so many good parts in that. And, and like there's so many freaking good parts. No shade at the nineties anime. Cause the nineties anime is very good for what it is. And the manga wasn't finished at the time. Yeah. But there's some ridiculous stuff in the manga. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see them go to the over-the-top levels that the manga gets to. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, I loved the fight with Dominique the Cyclops. Ah, oh, that was cool. Like, <laughs> oh, there's, like, so I really hope they bring in Legato and the, you know, the gung-ho guns. and The, the weirdo squad. Oh, I, all I the weirdos! Them. Yes. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing uh, redesigns for Meryl and Wolfwood and Millie. Like oh, I'm, 
I love those three. I love the mm-hmm. whole cast, to be perfectly honest. And uh, I just, I just wanna, I just wanna see my friends on the planet Gunsmoke again. Yeah. I'm really excited. So we're we're hopeful about this this new adaptation. Cautiously optimistic. If exactly it's, yes, and if it's not good, the manga and the '90s anime are still gonna be good. So like, yeah, eh. <laughs> eh. we still have those. We and, do. We yeah. do. But we can move on now. What a lovely series. Let's so it's been nine years of doing Nerd and Tie. We've had so much fun. And you know what really brings a Nerd and Tie episode together, if you ask me? Go looking in our mailbag. Oh my god. Oh, so like, we're not gonna like just take a minute and just appreciate it. Oh, I didn't know. Did you that, wanna like, take I a don't minute know. since we were running kinda long? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> now maybe we talk about it. For just okay, a second, yeah, let's talk about that it. We've then. been doing a podcast for nine, for nine years. years. Dear God. <laughs> that the, the, the thing that launched this entire podcast network with far more popular shows on it now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is the thing. Is it's, I, I am certain that this is our least listened to show on across this whole network. I love every single one of you listening to it, but there are way more people listening to the witchcraft shows. Uh, and the actual we are, play we shows. We are truly and, the Aquatine uh, hunger force of our own adult swim. <laughs> I mean, it helps that we're on other shows that are more popular than this. Okay, so let's I mean, just see. Yeah, um, but it's just so ironic. <laughs> I kind of love it. That the entire network is named after this, though. It would be like if Adult Swim <laughs> was named Aquatine Hunger Force, oh, yeah, the that's network, fair. and then, like, <laughs> because it's like. There are so many people on the Nerd and Tie Discord who do not listen to this show. Um, yeah. They listen to other shows we make, and yep. they, they like us, but don't listen to this show. Yep. Uh, and to all of you people, I'm like, I get, well, I, you're not listening, so I could say anything to you right now, and you wouldn't know, because I'm only talking to the people who don't listen to this show, and if you're listening to me say this, you're listening to this show, right? And I love you, and I think you're an amazing person, and uh, you, you look kicking in those jeans. I said it. Anyways. Don't you forget it. So I guess, yeah, I just wanted to take a second to acknowledge, Celeste, that we've been doing this thing together. I know Gen didn't come on until, like, 2017. Yep. Trying to be helpful. Gen didn't come (laughs) along until 2017. But but you and I, Celeste, were sat in that Dickies in Wausau in In July... (laughs) Of 2013. The only time I've ever been in a Dickies, incidentally. I've never been there before, and I have not been since. It's, I, I like Dickies. I used to have one near my house, and I used to get their delivery through DoorDash, but the, the franchisee is no longer in existence. Oh, it's like nothing that. against Dickies. There's, there's, just, there's not it's, one it's anywhere near me. Uh, like, I, like, <laughs> I like their barbecue sauce. At least I did when there was one in my town, and now there isn't. So now I don't there's, have it ever anymore. There, I, I assume they still exist as a chain. Um, I, I have no idea. Oh, there, there used to be that one, one on Claremont. Yeah, Claremont. Oh, dang it! That was really good. Yeah, it's uh, the the for a while they were like an independent barbecue place. After that, for a while, but I think they went out of business when COVID hit. Oh um, yeah, oof. yeah. Plus, uh, I don't know how well that strip mall's been doing. Not well. I mean, the yeah. store does fine. Um, <sighs> yeah. Well. Anyways, uh, <laughs> the. Uh, not that y'all need to know about Eau Claire, Wisconsin stuff, especially since we started this in the Wausau Dickies, where I was driving through town on my way to the lake, and Celeste was at a uh, WasabiCon, 
and I followed them to Dickie's in my car. Like weirdo. So I like texting like, hey, what are you guys doing? Like, we're going to stop at the con. I said, oh, we're just getting lunch. And then as I was pulling up to the con, they pulled out into the road ahead of me. And I just texted back, oh, I could get some lunch. And I just followed them. And <laughs> they didn't know I was following them. <laughs> but it's like you see all your friends in, in like, I don't remember if it was a minivan or something, but like pull out in front of you, like when you're pulling up to like say hi to them and like. They pull out directly in front of you. It was my least subtle tail job ever, uh, but yeah, um, that was a uh, that was a weird uh, uh, that was a real weird uh, weekend. That yeah. was at the same convention yeah. where their pr- main programming was in a tent. Their main program was in a tent. I love the people who ran that con. I just want to point out, like the people who ran that con, I like them as people, but it was a no, weird. They're, it they're was a weird lovely year. people and running freaking... it. That's just such a surreal experience. It was a weird and, year. And bless them for trying to put on a con in that city because yeah it's tough yeah but anyway so uh in in the dickies i sat down and i said to celeste and another person who you can find their name if you uh look at legal filings uh against me and that other person but we're not opposed we're on the same i guess for for we can say first name we can say, we can first, say name. first name okay Her used to be with the network and uh has not been for a long time but uh uh yeah, it's uh, Gens done more nerd and tithe than Fur has at this point, but it was I said I said to Fur and Celeste, hey, uh, we should do a podcast, and uh, both of them agreed to 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 it, and it's nine years later, and Celeste is still here, and we've got Gen, and we're doing not just this show, but a whole bunch of other shows that everyone actually listens to those shows. <laughs> And you should listen to those shows too, because they're real good and cool. Yeah, it's, we're, we're really making like, uh, you know, it's we're making what? Uh, I mean, a total of like officially in production, there are twelve shows, and I think that like half of them update like fairly regularly, and the other ones are still in production. They're just like on hiatus right now, but like, yeah, you should listen to all of them. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh so nine years of this. Nine and to nine more. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Uh well, do you wanna like talk about some of your favorite moments over the years or not bring up <laughs> people see, we shouldn't? Um, well, I've got a I... secret podcast I've never released that uh Celeste and I recorded at um, at uh, uh, CoolyCon a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, that was a thing. Which is, I listened to that because uh, because uh, my is plan, it any good? It's actually pretty funny, but I can't remember what we're talking about. But it's like we're talking about movies that haven't come out yet at that time that have long since come out. Oh god! And it's uh, we're we're theorizing about like what they're going to be like, and so it's. Uh, I, at some point that will get released into the ether as like a bonus episode on this feed. But just like how, like, cause last year we did, I didn't want to do the best of the secret podcast again this summer. Like we did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I released a unreleased secret podcast then. Um, which oh, oh was, heck. I, I called the turtles, the surefire, uh, family, uh, friendly comedy of the summer. Didn't I? I did. No, I bet I did. That no. sounds like um, me. <laughs> I can't remember what it was about. I was like, I was like, this is really interesting hearing our thoughts about this board. I think like there's a bunch. Of, I don't know. 
Um, but eventually we're going to put that out. Uh, we need to record more secret podcasts, though. Yeah, we do. Um, we need to get back into the habit of doing that when we go to events. Um, yeah, no, it's I've just really enjoyed working with you guys. So Aww. it's like I I I like doing this show. Well, it's it is. You're not alone in that. It's, and been, I'm just... it's been like five years with you, Gen, and it's been nine years with you, <laughs> Celeste. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You. And next year, anyone who can next, put up with me for that long. Next year, the show turns ten years old, and Jesus. none of us can pretend <laughs> to be young anymore. Uh. <laughs> I gave uh, on the, up on that a while ago. I mean, we recorded the first season of the Meat Grinder at my fortieth birthday party, so. Uh, yeah. Hashtag Celeste is a cosplay milf. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we can go to the mailbag. <laughs> I ruined it. I did it again. I did the only thing I ever do. I ruined it. How dare you? Okay. That mail. I ruined it again. All right. We it. we love you, Celeste. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, we have one. We have one item here in the mailbag. Uh, it, it's uh, the the uh, Zach has sent us. Uh, Zach the Bucket Man has sent us yet another quiz. It, it's subject to my final quiz at time of typing, so I, I think I don't think he's just sent it. But uh, um, which means I might have to start coming up with quizzes because I really enjoy doing this. At yeah, the, this at the is end pretty of great. So. Um, this is uh, my final quiz. Hello, fellow unconventional conventionalists. Here is the last quiz that I have in the can. It may be very difficult depending on your music and literary tastes. Uh, before giving you the premise, I must again disclose that I did not write this originally. I'm simply acting as a pass-through for something I enjoyed. Anyway, here is the premise. You are to guess if the name given is the name of a novel in the James Bond extended universe, the name of a novel in the Tom Clancy extended universe, or a song in the ACDC catalog. Notice, notice the words extended universe. Oh my God. I mean, you could have just said James Bond canon or Tom Clancy canon. No, 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 no. These are extended universe books. We're getting wild out here. Hey, I, I'm excited for Daniel Craig and James Bond into the Bond. Ver- no, that wouldn't work. He's that's <laughs> that really wouldn't work after his last one. Spoilers. Uh. Well, it's like you mean Jason Bond in the Bond identity. Well, so so like there's some of these like um, I'm not going to uh, spoil which one, which one of these this is, but like one of these is the title of a. James Bond novel that wasn't written by Ian Fleming, but it is an official James Bond novel. So okay. it's like that's so what it means. So, so like the so it's the extended James Bond universe in the sense that it is like like it's an official James Bond novel, but it's not an Ian Fleming novel mm-hmm. from a certain point of view. I mean, it says James Bond on the title, on the on the cover. So yeah, it's, it's, it's just, so um, it's what um, we're saying is it it doesn't have to be it's not so like if it's it's if it's a and if it and Clancy's extended universe is just because Clancy's books you know are just not a single character you know not all. to be confused with the Clancy Brown extended universe which oh, is a completely oh, yeah. right. different we're gonna start the quiz now <laughs> and remember 
Folks, I'm relying on you, the listener at home, to keep score. I am not paying attention to the points. And uh, I do expect someone to go back over the last two episodes and this one and total up the points to see who's ahead between Celeste and Gen. Um, so, <laughs> are you guys ready? So, is it Bond, ready. Clancy, or ACDC? Okay, ready. Here we go. Let's All do right. this. Here's the first one. High time to kill. Um, put me down for Bond. Put me down also for Bond. Well, you both get the first one correct. Yeah. Which is, I, I Googled this one just as a check. This is the one I checked that uh, this is a, a, a Bond novel by Raymond Benson that came out mm-hmm. in 1999. Oh. It's the fourth Bond mo- novel written by Raymond Benson, and including Benson's novelization of Tomorrow Never Dies. Mm. Well, good for him. Yeah. All right. Number two. Highwire. Um, ACDC. I'm also going to go ACDC. Well, you are both incorrect. Yeah. That is a Tom Clancy novel. Uh, Yeah. uh, It's freaking Livewire, isn't it? All right. All right. Here's your next one Rising Power. Tom Clancy. I'm going James Clancy Bond. On that one. Well, so so you went with James Bond again, and you went mm-hmm. with Tom Clancy, Celeste. Yes. You are both incorrect. It is ACDC. Gosh <laughs> dang it. Biscuits. Okay. All right. Coming up next. Red Nemesis. I, I'm getting Clancy vibes. Going Clancy. I'll go Clancy. You both went Clancy. Uh, yeah. You both went wrong. That yeah. is James Bond. Yeah. Dang it. I need to go with my gut instead of agreeing with you. <laughs> All right. This is terrible. The next one is Icebreaker. Clancy. Bond. All right. And the answer is... Well, I'll give first. I'll just to break tension. Someone got this one right. <gasps> and that someone is Celeste. It is James Bond. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, number six. Wild card. ACDC. 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 Final answer okay. for both of you. You are both incorrect. Wild card yeah. is a Clancy. That's a Clancy. All right, number seven. Breaking point. <laughs> Not to be confused with point break. Breaking point. I'm very bad at this. <laughs> you're very bad at this. Celeste, you're winning. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Clancy? Oh, I'm going to go Bond. All right. Someone got this one right. And it is Gen, because that is Clancy. Oh! 
we're tied. We're all tied up. One one. What is this soccer? <laughs> all right. No two two. <laughs> Did you guys get one right together before? Or? Yeah. Okay. Either way. We got the first one right. Oh. Yeah, we got the first one right. So we're. I'm both... actually keeping track this time. It's easy when you we keep getting them wrong. Exactly. <laughs> Look. Yeah. All right. All right. Number eight. Black ice. ACDC. Clancy. Black ice is ACDC. Now Gen's winning. Gen's winning. I'm winning. We'll see how long I hold it. <laughs> Number nine. <laughs> probably not long. Shoot to kill. I'm going to go Bond on that one. I'm also going to go Bond. Well, you also both got it right. Yeah. Oh, sweet. You know, when you both answer the same way, the score is going to stay the same no matter what. Uh, <laughs> but we like getting them right. That's true. Yeah. Uh, endeavor to be correct. That's also correct to be. All right. Number 10, Meltdown. Never been right about Tom Clancy, but I'm going to say Tom Clancy again. I say ACDC. Well, Gen is correct. It is ACDC. Oh. Oh. Number 11, Dead or Alive. James Bond. I'm also going to say James Bond. So, Unfortunately, uh, it is Clancy. Mm. Dang. Damn it. Final question. First Blood. John Rambo. It's not... <laughs> no. Not bad. <laughs> no. I'm going to guess Clancy. I'm mostly going to guess Clancy. Well, you're both wrong. It's the third track on ACDC's Fly on the Wall. Uh, you're an ACDC Fly on the Wall. So's you your are. mom. I mean, the... I don't have probably proof. not. I don't have proof of that, but I believe she secretly owns, like, all the ACDC albums. That would be amazing. Uh, <laughs> so she's got this whole secret life. Of, yeah, that was, of ACDC that you don't know about. It, that would be especially amazing because it's like my, like my dad is the one with the astounding record collection. So that would really confuse me if my mom has like a a bat cave style like collection of ACDC. See, some of these were tricky, like because "Shoot to Kill" number nine um, is a Bond book, but "Shoot to Thrill" is an ACDC song. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Um, I had Eric like glance over these and he's like oh yeah some of these are like really similar to some acdc songs yeah. and i'm like dang it <laughs> nah, well, but, but you knew that it, like i think isn't first blood like is first blood the movie based on a book yeah right so of course yeah not gonna rambo be a... dies in the book well yeah it's uh i forgot that rambo was clancy no. rambo wasn't clancy. rambo's not clancy that's my point well, Okay. You you got that one right, Gen. Oh. <laughs> I know, like, 
like nothing about Clancy. No, it's... if you asked me about like Rainbow Six, I know that. No, Clancy. but but my point is that First Blood by David Morrell is a really famous novel, and so uh-huh. that it it obviously couldn't have been the other two options because, um, it shouldn't have been the other, because Tom Clancy wouldn't release a book with the same title as like. You know, it's like releasing a book called The Da Vinci Code. Which, to be fair, like Dan Brown shouldn't have done anyway, because that book sucks. All right, yeah. I mean, that's true, (laughs) but... Also, I just tried to go to Wikipedia, and I got a server-side error, so I hope Wikipedia's okay. All right. uh, (laughs) All right, well, that brings us to the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge. Uh, The Vomit Hat Steve Challenge is part of the show where I read part of a book, and the challenge to you, the listeners, is to guess what book I'm reading from. If you guess correctly, you get included in the Hall of Awesome. The benefits of the Hall of Awesome are as follows. One, I put your name on an obscure page on our website somewhere that maybe you'll find. Two, I read your name aloud every episode. And three, uh, you just have the secret knowledge of the ancients that becomes unlocked in your mind. And you know everything and everything, but you can't tell anyone that you know these things. And so you have to pretend like you don't know the secret of reality, but you will know the secret of reality. It is an unending burden, yet a truth that your life will be all the better for having. All right? Whenever you're ready, here are the current members of the Hall of Awesome. <gasps> Archimedes Zinner. Rin and Senti, Cheesy McDammy, Chris O'Sothery, Shameless Otaku, The Random Ramblings Man, Core Fan, Capito, Chris Graham, Lusaurus, Paper Godzilla, Cavsy, The Minnesota Librarian, Sean Orange, Keith Shizuo, Sakura Sunset, Joel Christman, Patrick Delahanty, Wonderland Hearts, and Megzi Sass Council. Sorry, Fizero, I said your name poorly, but you're not listening right now. You haven't listened since 2017. All right. Here's your... That's a call out. Mm-hmm. Listen to the show, man. Um... So here's the line of the current book we've been reading. But when he fell back to sleep, her lovely face floated to the surface of his mind, smiling at him. He had left her behind, transferring off to Yorktown without actually saying goodbye. Running, he admitted it, from her beauty and the feeling he had for her. If you know the book that's from, go to nerdandtie.com, click on the contact button on the menu, and fill out the little formy form. It's also at nerdandtie.com slash contact. And tell us, or if you have any other thoughts, quizzes, random ideas for reboots of Time Tunnel that you want to pitch to us, we are more than happy to uh, read your thoughts out loud on the show and for the entertainment of everybody, including your mom, if you play her the podcast afterwards. Yeah. Go watch Time Bandits and tell me how you liked it. Yeah, Time Bandits. Go watch Time Bandits. That's way better than Time Tunnel. I haven't yeah. actually seen Time Bandits. Oh, come to my house. We'll watch Time ba- Time That's Bandits. I haven't fun. seen Time Bandits I grew up either. With it. I'm realizing. Oh, we y'all would love it. Are we it's on, on HBO Max right now. Ooh, okay. It's fantastic. We should do a virtual watch party of Time Bandits. We should on the That's Discord. Yeah. Yeah. If you think we should do a virtual a virtual <laughs> uh, a watch party of Time Bandits on the Discord. Join our Discord at nerdandtie.com slash Discord. And tell us Heck to do yeah. it. That's yeah, it. tell us. Tell us all your tell us all your thoughts on Time Bandits. Cause I'm on my way to see it. <laughs> That's some dish walla for you. I <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. Remember that episode of Charmed where Dishwalla appeared? I do. 
I randomly found an album of theirs at a surplus store in when I was in high school. I mean, so I have an album of theirs. It's it's, it's probably the album, that one album they had. Was it titled after them? Because I think so. Yeah, it's. I could go. They're, they're a one-hit wonder, so it's. I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tell me all your thoughts on God. Yep. Cause I'm on my way to see her. Just straight to the adult contemporary. Um, yep. I don't get me wrong. I unironically love that song. I know all the lyrics. All right. I I love that song, but it is very of a moment. They were controversial yep. because they use she/her pronouns for God. Ooh. And let me tell you, there are lots of people who got mad about that. <laughs> I mean, I mostly like I, I just think of Axel Little like actually having that conversation with people. Hello, Ben. Hello, Ben. Tell me, tell all, me your all your thoughts, thoughts on, on God, God, because I'm on my way to see her. <laughs> Ask her why and who we are. Hello, Ben. <laughs> oh, get us out of here. Okay. What a what a what a wonderful nine years. Thank you again for listening to Nerd and Die. I'm Celeste. I'm Trey Dorn. I'm Ken Proc. And remember to uh, follow us on all of your podcasting apps. Give us uh, those star ratings for the, those of you who are still listening to make sure that we get, um, you know, some new another listeners, listener? maybe. Yeah, like another listener. That would be a huge increase for us. I would love that. Um, uh, be sure to check us out on nerdandtie.com. And, of course, check out all of our wonderful sister shows that are um phenom as well uh and have like way larger fan bases that you yeah. can interact with on yeah, our discord this is the show i can manage to sell advertising on sometimes which is just wacky as heck <laughs> uh anyways uh, remember to follow our show on uh social media we are at nerd tie on twitter i mean i guess it's the whole network but these were created to be for just this show originally so at nerd and tie on twitter on facebook.com slash nerd and tie nerd and tie join our discord and you can find an invite at nerd and slash discord and uh yeah you should hang out with there and uh, you can support our show financially by again contributing to our legal fund at gofundme.com slash nerd and tie by contributing to the show by sponsoring episodes you can find information on nerd and click on the sponsor button you can support us directly Celeste has a Patreon. Is it still patreon.com slash Nikazumi? I haven't gotten that fixed yet. All right, so, but it yeah. is. And then uh, mine's patreon.com slash T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. You can support Gen by buying stuff at Ocelot Dude Designs, I guess, or just send Gen money, just like envelopes of cash. Thank you. Um, and uh, remember, in your hearts, in your minds, in the places where you dare to go at night, that uh, we'll be there waiting for you, along with uh, time-traveling animated Spock and uh, a very angry DC <laughs> Fontana. <laughs> yeah, with Dishwallow playing in the background. Say your catchphrase. We ran out of songs. Say your catchphrase, Celeste. <laughs> Keep on smocking in the free world. Good. Animated smocking. Oh no. Giant animated smocking. Giant. <laughs> I present it's canon. Spock 2. It's, ca- it's canon. <laughs> they acknowledged it in Lower Decks. <laughs> it's canon. Uh, Lower Decks comes back at the end of August. That's the end of the show. <laughs>